You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Hello there, this is Angie. Welcome to Time to Revive. In the studio is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello. Hello, Angie. We are in our Summer of Hope series. Today we're talking about the C word, change. (laughs) Yeah. That's the word that nobody wants to talk about, change. Change is great, wonderful, feels awesome, right? Uh, No. No. (laughs) If there's one thing that we all seriously dislike, it's when we have to change. Right. Well, here's the thing. Over the past few months, we've had a lot of change. So now you're sitting there thinking, hmm. A little bit of change wouldn't hurt me. Right? Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. we've already gone through massive change. But as we're entering this summer of hope, we want to talk about change in a little bit different way. First of all, what happens when change comes upon us and how do we respond? Because as Christians, that's it. we have to respond a certain way. And then we're going to look at some lives that have actually experienced the change. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Where are we starting this morning? You know, it's interesting, Angie, because when you start thinking about change, it is upon us. Change is upon us. Yes. And you're absolutely right. How are we going to respond? That is absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Of course, we talk about love, listen, discern, and respond, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're all having to respond. It's out of our control. This change is out of our control. But here's what we have to think about in this summer of hope. We have to think about what are we anchored to? Yes. That's what we have to find ourselves. What are we finding hope in? Yes. So if we have hope, we can respond with hope Mm -hmm. and in hope. Mm -hmm. But we have to have a foundation of hope. And I want to start off today in Malachi 3. This is verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. And what's interesting, Angie, is when we think about hope, we think about being anchored. Hope brings an anchor. It's something that's solid that in the midst of a storm, so you could view this change as a storm, but you got to anchor to something to be solid. And so to be able to stand and respond to that change, well, I can respond because I'm anchored. Well, what we can find hope in is the fact that God doesn't change. So if we trusted him yesterday for something that some change that we went through, we can trust him today, even though the change may look a little different, but we can still respond with hope because we're anchored to him who doesn't change. I feel like we're always going through some sort of change, Yeah. but sometimes it's a little change and it doesn't hurt so bad, but then there's others where you don't have a choice. You are in the change right. and it's happening, right? That's good. And, and that's the kind that really throws me off. Right. Because you can't prepare for it. You are on the wave and you better hope you are in a boat or something, right? You better hope (laughs) you got something going on because it's just, it happens. Yeah. And so no matter the change, it's always going to happen. And there's always a period of response. There is. We do freak out sometimes at first. (laughs) Yeah. That's not saying that that's bad, but let's respond in the way that God would be honored. Right. So Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Angie. That rock, right? I'm thinking about what you're saying about storms and change. And 
being anchored in the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock that anchors our hope, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now what I want to look at is I want to look at three examples of people that changed when they met the Lord. So I'm starting in Mark chapter 5. And there's a man that lived in a certain area, and it's called the Gadarenes, and he met the Lord. The man was demon-possessed. This is what the scripture tells us. Starting and not in verse just by two, one. <laughs> no, exactly. It was multiple. I'm starting in verse 2 to give us just a little bit of backdrop. And when he had come out of the boat, this is Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame this man. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Jesus responds in verse 8, For he said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And then verse 9, And then he asked him, What is your name? And he said, My name is Legion. We are many. That's what you said, Angie. Mm -hmm. We are many. So he was filled with demons. I'm going to skip down for time's sake, and I'm going to read verse 15. Then he came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed with the legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Here's the change that happened when he met the Lord. He was clean. He was in his right mind. He was wearing clothes. He was completely changed. And finally, in verse 20, and he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus done for him and all marveled. This is the final state of this man, changed because he met Jesus. Yep. And then the next one we're going to look at comes to us from Luke chapter 8, and starting in verse 1, it says, Then it came to pass afterward that he, Jesus, went through every city and village, preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve disciples were with him. Verse 2 is where I want to focus. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom came seven demons. So was she changed? She was filled also with seven demons, and she was completely changed when she met Jesus. And Angie, we know from the scriptures that she was at the tomb, and Jesus appeared to her first when he mm. resurrected. Yep. Was she changed? She was completely changed. And finally, we're going to go look at one more woman in John chapter 4, and this is the famous Samaritan woman that Jesus encountered at a well. And I'm going to start reading in verse 15 of John 4. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you truly spoke. And she answered in verse 19 and said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. She met Jesus. <laughs> he knew everything about her. And so what did she do? 
she went on and told everybody, come, you've got to meet this man mm -hmm. who knew everything about me. Yep. She became uh, arguably, as some people have said, the greatest evangelist of her time because the entire city, it says, came to meet Jesus. So was she changed? Yes. So we have just looked at three examples of how change happens when you meet Jesus. That is true. But let's put that into practical application. Okay. So let's say that someone is still dealing with the effects of all of this change, and change is going to keep on going. Right. What would you say for them to be able to do? I would say make sure that you connect with Jesus. And in John 15, he says, abide in the vine, stay connected with Jesus. We talked about Jesus being our anchor, our hope, right? And I think what we have to do, Angie, because it does affect us even differently, but it also affects us on different days. Mm, that's true. So some days you feel more affected than other days, right? Yeah, yeah. But if we stay connected to Jesus and hold on to that hope, I think that's how we weather the storm and that's how we allow God to use us to speak hope and offer hope to other people maybe on that off day, mm. right? It's saying, this is how I'm coping. This is how I'm dealing. And this is how I'm responding. Mm. Okay. So digging into Jesus, basically reading the word. Yeah. That's kind of, in my eyes, that's food for the day. Oh, that's good. You have to eat, right? You have yeah. to eat all the time in order to stay healthy and to mm. stay, you have to stay nourished. That's good. And the only way you can do that is by Intake. Yeah. And it's just like food that you have to eat every day. You also have to know that God is the bread of life. I mean, Jesus is the bread of life. He says it. And so if you take your daily bread and actual food, then take your daily bread with Jesus. Yeah. You know, people may scoff at that and say, but that just sounds too easy, right? Everybody, right. it's just too easy. But there's something, Mark, about reading the word that yeah. changes you. And I don't care how much you read. It changes you. Yeah. It comes to life. And that starts coming into you. That spirit starts coming into you. And I just can't say it enough. That is being abiding by the vine. That yeah. is abiding in him. That is getting his blood into you. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's so powerful. And so it doesn't solve everything. But oh, it sure helps with dealing with with everything. <laughs> it truly does. And in a practical sense, Angie, it makes me think about the story of Mary and Martha. And, you know, this is what's happening sometimes. We're quarantined to our house, right? And so we get real busy cleaning and preparing and doing all those things, right? Trying to deal with the idleness. Yeah. And sometimes we might need to think about how did Mary respond by just sitting at his feet. And it's not wrong to clean your house and all those things, but do we just find ourselves trying to replace our idleness and mm. not really coming in to feed off of him? Yeah, absolutely. And so we have invited a friend in. This is kind of incredible because what a unique testimony she has. I don't know that I've ever met anybody that's gone through the stuff that she's gone through. So I want you to go ahead and set it up. Today, I'm really excited because we have got an incredible testimony of the Lord and what his presence and what a relationship with Christ looks like. Today on the program, we're welcoming Amy Barbie. Thanks for joining us today, Amy. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, I appreciate you and I applaud you for your witness and your testimony for the Lord. And so today, Amy, just like many of the people that we've read about in the scriptures, how once they meet Jesus, their life is changed forever. And you're no exception to that, Amy. Would you agree? I absolutely agree with that. I'm a new creation. I love that, right? Second Corinthians 5.17, you are a new creation in Christ. All old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. So Amy, can you tell us about your story of when you met Jesus Christ? I met Jesus, you know, off and on. And I would say the first time I came into to knowing Jesus, I was early 20s mm. and I was struggling with some drug addiction. And it, it led me down a path of homelessness, prostitution, you know, lies, stealing, you know, the that old story. Yeah. And while in rehab, working through the steps, it tells you to choose a higher power. And I was introduced to Jesus at that time. But I never really did. I did a physical altar call, but I never did that internal spiritual altar, altar mm. call. The one that you know, I, I still clung to a lot of the fleshly habits. Sure. So then you were introduced to the Lord, and it's all about surrendering to his lordship, right? You knew who he was. Yes. You were introduced to him, but you didn't necessarily surrender everything to him. Can you tell us about that a little bit, Amy? Absolutely. I let go of the things that I felt I was okay with letting go of, but after the the addiction and and while in and rehab i met a woman and entered into homosexual relationship after relationship and this was a 20 some year lifestyle wow. that that i had had ventured down and i just i began to a few years ago started praying mm. because I still felt the effects of not fully surrendering. Wow. And so you knew about Jesus and you were holding on to certain things yet. And so you knew about him and what he could do. You've probably heard enough about what he could do, but you hadn't necessarily fully experienced that yet. Can you talk about that, Amy? Certainly. From living that lifestyle, I became familiar with a condemning Jesus. Mm. I didn't really, I was not familiar with the, the Christ who died for my sins. I, I wasn't familiar with a, a loving, sanctifying Jesus. I, I felt condemned and I felt judged and I felt guilt and shame. And I was really bound by the father of lies. I just fell for lie after lie, and that prevented me from truly seeking the supernatural Jesus that that died for us. Yeah, so can you talk a little bit about what happened or what your experience was when you actually realized who he really is? For whatever reason, and I don't really know why, I began to pray again, mm. and it was little prayers here and there, and I would start to read scripture here and there a little bit. And I would just ask Jesus to reveal himself to me and to teach me who he was. And I began to connect with that all loving, never changing, supernatural mm. savior. And 
I, I asked, is there anything in my life that I'm doing? I, I came into the Bible verse about depart from me. I never knew you. Wow. And that hit me. It still does. When, when I read that, it makes me cry because the thought of that, even standing next to someone that he would say that to, I, it, it, it gets me in a place right. because that's, that's harsh and, and it's sad. And, and I said, is there anything that's preventing me from connecting to you? Mm-hmm. And, and slowly but surely, I was led into the things that I was doing. And, and it started with bitterness. It started with resentment. It started with my anger. And, and I got to the source of those issues. Mm-hmm. And then I was convicted about my, my lifestyle. And so the Holy Spirit, the whole entire time is wooing you, drawing you, and you're being open and honest and you're asking the Lord, hey, Lord, reveal yourself to me. And as you began to pray that and the Lord began to answer, the Holy Spirit was continually showing you who Jesus really is and what his love looks like. And so describe for us a little bit more about like, as Jesus started to reveal himself to you, how that kind of touched your heart. It's it's one of those experiences that I don't really know that somebody could put true articulation to. Mm-hmm. There's there's not an intelligent response to that when it comes. It's it's mind blowing and it's surprising and it's sudden and everything that I could ever have imagined out of what life could be, he shows me in just one answered prayer that it could be so much more. And so I guess the love of Jesus is everything that you could imagine and so much more. I mean, mm. I, every day am amazed. I, I live for those answered prayers. I, I, I beg him, you know, just speak to me, show me. That's and good. when, and when he does, and I see how he uses others yeah. and those moments and he speaks right through us, through his children and, and every day I'll open the Bible and I'll read a verse and then I'll hear somebody else say it. And it's like, we are truly united in one accord and right. it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. So take us through that time, that moment when you actually surrendered, like when you're like, okay, Lord, I need you to take it all. And, and you just cried out to him, take us through that. I felt a fear that came over me like there was like no other. I, I truly sensed the presence of death. I I felt it was heavy and it was dark and, and I became suicidal. And, and I was, in the sense, substance-wise, physically sober, hmm. but I felt just so completely under the influence by negativity that I really didn't have a desire to live anymore. And... After that moment, and I, I read that, it, it convicted me so much, I just began searching for churches and, and searching for help. And, and I found a church on a Tuesday night in Denver, Colorado. It was a big Calvary Baptist church. Wow. And there is probably 1,200 people in the church. And, and I flew the door open, being the dramatic that I am, and just yelled out, I am going to die. And, and I remember just falling face first onto the altar. And after that, everything was kind of a blur. And I remember standing up and turning around and every person in that church 
had hands laid on me and there was just this sea of people praying. And I realized at that moment, he truly does leave the 99 for that one. Wow. And, and I was that one. And there was, in essence, people waiting for me. He, he had that moment ordained. And those people were put there for that reason. That's incredible. And, and so what I'm hearing you say is you were in this seeking and searching mode and you found yourself in desperation and you were asking the Lord to reveal himself to you. You were seeing bits and pieces of understanding his love. But at that moment when you got so desperate that you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that you needed Jesus right there and then. And then I guess it's that point of total surrender. Like you're like, I can't play this game anymore. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but can you kind of speak into that a little bit more? And when you got to the desperation mode. Once I reach desperation, you get to that point and, and most people will be willing to do anything. And I was willing to do anything. Mm. And so I had actually been in a gay marriage for about seven years. And um, I went home. And within a 24-hour period, I ended that relationship. I left everything. I, all I had was a suitcase. Wow. And it wasn't even full. And my dog. And, and I walked away, and there was literally a door that was closed from one life to the other. Wow. And, and when they talk about truly dying to self, I did die to myself that night. I The old me died on that sanctuary and and i came up new wow and so god used a congregation of approximately 1200 people to show you that he cares with you know with in humanity form the actual hands and feet of christ and god revealed himself to you in a fullness and it sounds like that motivated you like saying i've got to surrender it all i have to make a change can you talk a little bit more about that change that you experienced? Yes. Throughout my walk in the past three years, I've had moments of just sudden, sudden change. And I've had moments to where it's taken a lot of time mm. and a lot of habit breaking. And because we become habitual by nature um, and there are things throughout, like I smoked cigarettes for 20 years. That was very hard. That was a hard habit. That took nine months of wow. of me praying through it, reading scripture, you know, adjusting. Um, when it came to my the homosexual lifestyle, it was easy to let go of the physical act. But for some months, I walked around and I just I said, oh, you know what, I'm just going to be celibate in this, and I'm not going to. And one day, even those desires and those once. But it took work and it yeah. took it took getting into the Bible. And I, I accredit the things that took me work and time. It wasn't because God wasn't able to remove it suddenly. It right. was because I didn't have the tools to allow him to remove it suddenly. And I was still going back and forth in internal battle. Is this wrong or is this right? Mm. Yeah, and I, I think it's important for the listeners to hear the fact that when we're going through trials and things like that, sometimes it's a process that God is taking us through, and it's not always instantaneous, but it's allowing the Lord to work out things in our lives, right? And, and He's patient. 
Can, would you attest to that, Amy? Would you attest to the Lord's patience? I I will definitely attest to that. I I mean, it is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, amen. It's, it's so that is an attribute of the Holy Spirit is is patience, and and He has been patient with me through through many of this, through a lot of my journey in my life. Uh, the fact that I was able to be forgiven as mm. the number one you know, testimony of, of the patience and the grace of God. And when I, when I look back at certain aspects and the patience, we truly are like children. Yes. And I looked at it as I'm learning to walk and I'm learning to feed myself. And then there's times to where I go to put my hand on the hot stove and he comes with a more <laughs> firm hand and no, you're going to harm yourself. Right. And, and once I was able to put it in that physical perspective, my walk with Jesus became far less complex. During the process of change, did you feel like you were going through a mourning period? Do you know what I mean? And how does, and talk through that a little bit. I, I do understand that completely. Yes, I, I felt a great loss. I I did in the sense, I would tell people, I feel like I need to have a funeral because wow. I I felt wow. the loss of, of my old self so, so drastically that it became an identity crisis and it took a lot of help to get through. That's good. And so there are people listening right now and they're thinking, man, I'm so deep in a dark hole right now. I hear what you're saying and I would love that, but I don't think there's really any chance I could get there. They're, they're thinking, I don't think I could, I'd love to get free like that, but man, I'm, I'm just surrounded by darkness. What would you say to someone? What I would say to them was, I wasn't even looking to be free, and mm. I was set free. So if you have a desire to be free, you already have a foot in the door that I didn't when I began, on when I started this journey. And I just pray and pray and pray and pray for the places, pray for the, the, the people to come along, because he will send That's everything. Good. He'll send an army. Yeah. So they might be thinking, how how does this happen or how long does this take? Because that's what we do. We're so accustomed to taking a pill, going through a drive through right in America. That's what we're so accustomed to. And so I can imagine somebody going, well, okay, Amy, so I hear this, but like, how long is this going to take me? I, I could never answer that question for somebody. <laughs> I can't even answer that for my own journey. There's, it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. You know, that, that story was written and ordained before we were formed in our mother's wombs, and he knows the answers to that. And the only thing that I really, the most sound advice that I can give anybody is this. The answer, you'll find the answer in the Bible, and if you pray. That's good. Seek him through his word. He'll speak to us through his word and pray and maintain that relationship. So those are two keys that you would say, that's what you have to do, right? You have to draw near to the Lord. And of course, James tells us, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, resist the devil and he'll flee. And I think that's pretty sound advice, Amy, right? It's like, it for sure will happen if you will surrender your whole heart to him. Any closing thoughts on this, Amy? kind of retrospect to what you were just saying, I, I often tell people, Jesus isn't a thief. 
Mm. He's not going to steal you of your joy and he's not going to steal you of your sorrow either. You have to completely surrender everything. And just know that whatever you're receiving from the world, whatever good that you may feel, you're trying to put a round peg in a square hole and mm. you'll never achieve satisfaction. You'll never achieve happiness. And if you give Jesus a chance, your worst day with him will be so much better than your best day without him. Oh my, that's incredible. Amy, we're so thankful you were able to come and share and really just be super honest and transparent. And I know that the Lord's going to use this and you mightily, not just today for this particular thing, but in your days to come, I know the Lord is going to open up many opportunities because there's a lot of people who are struggling with a lot of dark things right now. And I know it's, it's easy to sit back and go, wow, that could never work for me. But Jesus is there and has paid that price for all of us and all of our sins. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. I you, you read the story about about Peter. Yeah. And, you know, many of the disciples were just hardworking, unintelligent, and they changed the world. And Paul, Paul was a murderer. Right. And a blasphemer. And he changed the world. And it can, it's a works that can be done in all of us also. That's awesome. Well, Amy, thanks for joining us today. And I'm Mark Bird. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.